to The Mob Show. I'm Mason on Business Startups Q here. This is how I do things. Big ideas for small budgets. Let's get to it. Hi guys, today's Mob Show is all about how we deal with leases when they come in for new shops, new premises and experience in the past. One of my businesses uh, on a bad experience with a dodgy landlord. So if you're looking to move into commercial premise of any type, shop, restaurant, this podcast might be right up your street. Hope you enjoy. What's a guaning? Just podding along. Uh, just left the office. I find it really hard to get a haircut. Hello, this is the Mob Show. Sorry, I've got to start. I find it really hard to get a haircut. I know I see all these people on Instagram, on Instagram, and they always look real flash. Hashtag entrepreneur, and they've got like living their best life, which usually means they're really depressed in the background. Nothing wrong with having depression issues just don't pretend you're living your best life and painting over it anyway they always look amazing they're in lovely hotels the reality is they're not an entrepreneur at all they're, a one, they're an idea entrepreneur nothing wrong with being an idea entrepreneur just be real yeah anyway so I the real life of an entrepreneur is we are so damn busy we don't even that's why we need a PA half the time I got a PA um, I was here's a little story so I was looking to get a PA ages ago and my wife, this was about four years ago, my wife was like, why are you just only interviewing girls, attractive girls? Um, and she was like, you should promote Freddie. Freddie at the time was a, a chap that worked in our shop in, in Canterbury. And uh, he wants to, she was like, he wants to get involved with executive stuff and management stuff. I was like, all right then. Anyway, four years later and Freddie's a, a shareholder of the company, <laughs> operations director, and basically the lifeblood. Um, and... Um, so, uh, where was I going with that? Yeah, so anyway, but uh, I struggle to book things in like hair appointments, dentist appointments, so I just have to go when I can. I think a lot of guys are bad like that anyway, that's why barbers work well. Sorry, that's the train. The uh, C to C. Right, so it doesn't really matter what type of train it is, does it? You don't give a crap. Anyway, um, uh, it's on a train podcast. Oh, was a lovely train. Um, where was I? I'm waffling on. Right, so. Um, I struggle to do things like that, so I'm just walking home in the freezing cold and I managed to spend 1 minute 54 telling you I had a haircut. I had a haircut. So I was in the barbers, they're talking about Brexit and the barbers. I can't go anywhere without people talking about politics. All I want to talk about is if Spurs have signed a new player, which invariably we haven't. Anyway, so, um, got some leases through today for some of our properties that we're going to take over. And I've done a, um, a short video on what those different uh, ways to pick a shop location and get the right location. But what I wanted to actually talk about was um, a story from my business past. So we set up Skinny Kitchen and Ibiza, 2014, um, because the food out there was terrible. It was like, Ibiza is a very body conscious town. Uh, it's also got a lot of, body conscious island, sorry. People care about how they look, but also there's a lot of wellness retreats there. And there really wasn't the food offerings there. It was all, I don't eat pork. My wife's vegetarian, so is uh, Lois, who's one of the, who runs day-to-day stuff there now. Joel's uh, other partner is a absolute meathead. I think you'll like me saying that. <laughs> Ex-meathead. Anyway, um, so we all kind of cared about what we eat food-wise. And the food out there was paella burgers. And to be honest with you, after a night on the sauce, I don't want to be eating tripe. I can't do it. I need to eat something clean and feel good about myself. And at the time, we were out there looking for just other business premises to do some other ideas. You know, nothing came up and we were moaning about the food. And we were like, we were sat outside a cafe and we were like, why don't we just do it ourselves? And we sat there, and in the space of about half an hour, we come up with the brand name and the, the basis of what it is now. It's evolved massively, and uh, it looks 
very different um, from how it first started. But still has some of those simple touches. But it took off really well. I remember within about a couple of weeks or a month or two of it being open, Joel took a photo where it was just, there was a queue out the door. And we're like, we're going to need a bigger restaurant. It was insane. It hit uh, peak bank holiday season. And I remember thinking, please don't come through the door. Please don't come through the door. It was just too busy. Uh, I was serving tables and I was just, there's four of us running. The amount of covers we were doing, um, our staff would walk out on us now if we, if we ever asked them to do that amount of work. But when it's your own business, you're going to work that bit harder. So it was insane. And it took off really well. Back in the UK, we brought it back and we opened one up in Bournemouth. And we found a location there just off of Main High Street, Post Office Street. And the uh, unit was decent. It used to be a, used to be a meat restaurant joint. Um, and it was advertised as a, as a, as a uh, restaurant premise, which means it has to be li it's licensed a certain way to be a restaurant premise. Cut a long story short, it turned out it wasn't actually what they'd advertised it as. So the landlord, who was a solicitor, had his own legal business, had it up for rent as a restaurant premises. And uh, we got the premises and very quickly we started getting complaints about the smell from extraction. And our food's actually pretty clean, um, so there isn't really a great deal of smell. It turned out the extraction system in there wasn't good enough for doing constant food preparation. What the landlord had found to tell us was the A3 or the permission to be a restaurant was only a permission to be a restaurant as long as the extraction was in the premises. Well, when the previous tenants moved out because they couldn't pay the bills, ripped out the extraction, sold it to a company that would sell that on second hand, which meant it no longer had the right to be called a restaurant. So he'd been, he'd lied to us. And you can get away with that in B2B stuff, business to business. Because it's just not the protection like there would be if we were a private tenant in a property for a flat. So you know, step one, we've been, we've been rented a property that's effectively a dud, not what it says it is. So then we go and get some extraction system fitted oh, hang on, you haven't got permission for that extraction system. I haven't given you permission. Um, you've now made a, a change to your property without permission. So he hit us with a massive, massive fine. It, we had a look through the lease, and the lease was we had to have permission for every single thing, which is generally for a lot of leases, but we were pretty naive and made a few mistakes. Anyway, how the lease was worded was it gave him full indemnity. What full indemnity is, is it means you give the other person complete protection. So if a legal case comes up, you're agreeing to pay for their legal fees, you're agreeing to pay for everything. Can't really question the amount. To change the term full indemnity to pull your pants down clause. Um, and given that he had his own legal firm, and we've given him carte blanche with a pull your pants down clause, it meant whatever legal charge he wanted to raise and say it was, we had to pay for it. We had no choice or we had to, had to vacate the property. He runs his own legal services business, so it's him doing it himself. It's him raising the, it's him generating his own business for himself. Great business idea, incredibly unethical. And it went on and it kept costing thousands and thousands and thousands to the point that it became impractical. And the reality was he just built loads of flats above it and he changed his mind. He wanted to, wanted to use the property for himself. So this, the reason why I mention this is I talk a lot about setting up your own business. And one of the things, particularly in the UK, in any other jurisdiction that matters, it's really important that you check the legal work, legal paperwork. Now, so I've got over 30 locations, so I've got quite a depth now at looking at uh, what should and shouldn't be in the lease. And when we, when, we, when we go for a property and we look at it and they go, right, okay, well, we want this property and we make an offer. And we'll, we'll make an offer and that will go eventually onto the heads of terms, the agreed terms. And one of those things that we always ask for is that if there are any costs or any legal fees, they are reasonable and not full indemnity. Now, 
this is a gamble you've got to take sometimes you'll find some landlords old school landlords they won't they won't budge they'll go no no full indemnity it's the way all our leases are done that way that's how it's got to be and you've got to weigh up going well maybe the rent isn't that high maybe the opportunity is too big we're just going to have to take it but back then when we agreed that lease and we were a bit uh, a bit naive at the time we agreed the lease with a landlord who happened to have his own solicitor's firm full indemnity anyway this has come back round today so the shop we're looking at Whitstable strapped degree terms we're going through the lease that we've uh, we're discussing with them and I see the the clause full indemnity now I said I'd never go for that again particularly if the landlord was a solicitor made the calls out of curiosity what's the landlord's business he's a solicitor now, we had an email from the actual agency saying, just to advise you, because the, uh, the landlord is a solicitor, you probably should just double check the lease again. We probably think that's the agent giving us a warning sign that this is a landlord that might be a hair trigger landlord, someone that makes a good side living out of levying charges. But that's something that I'd say, if you ever wanna look at your own leases and you're looking at a property and you wanna do it yourself, you can do it yourself. We handle a lot of our leases ourselves internally because we've got experience of it. And those that we look out for these sort of clauses. So I thought I'd quickly cover a few clauses you might want to have a look at. If you ever do handle leases yourself, I'm not giving you legal advice. The general mantra is always to take legal advice, but a lot of the leases they use, and they try and charge you for it as well. So always when you make your offer for a property, say each party to handle their own legal costs. Otherwise, they'll get you to pay for their lease, which invariably is their Saturday intern copy and pasting the last lease and just putting your name on it. That is not worth 700 quid or whatever the silly amount they charge you. But so these are things we look at. We look at fixtures and fittings. Do you have to get permission to, to for amending fixtures and fittings or is it pretty flexible? So you want to have a look at that because that means, in theory, you hanging up a sign in the shop or putting a new shelf up might have to get long drawn out permission or if you don't get permission thinking you're not going to get spotted one day when they're doing an inspection they go well hang on you didn't get permission right now we need the blueprint now we're going to charge you for that or you're in breach of the lease pay us money or go and then you lose your business so fixtures and fittings do you need permission for that so it's always worthwhile uh, drawing up doing some mock-up drawing before you take the lease and go look hang on let's submit you all of the variations we want to do and get your approval now even if we don't do it all just yet the next one is signage display some landlords have it in their leases that there's restrictions on how much internal signage that can be seen from the outside but that's entirely impractical if you've got posters in your shop that can be seen from the outside it's very ambiguous and again you want to avoid ambiguity because it's going to cause you stress hike worry and may even you know costs or not have a lease terms renewed or whatever so make sure again you do a mock-up drawing and get get permission in the advance before you even sign the lease these are things you're going to see from the outside does this meet or not meet your your, your lease terms the next one is sometimes you'll be you'll be given a statutory agreement to sign what that means is they're asking you to sign away your right to automatically renew the lease now in uk law under the Landlords and Tenants Act, section 2428, it gives landlords, or sorry, it gives tenants of a commercial business the right generally to automatically renew on the going prevailing rate terms. Basically, how much rent you, you should be paying. Now, a lot of landlords try and get you to waive that. Now, it seems to me that if the government's created a law to help commercial businesses, shops, to be able to know they're going to be there long term, which is good for the local community, why the hell are landlords asking you to sign that way? 
Now, there are certain situations where that makes sense, it's understandable. For example, if they can knock a building down or they're preparing to do that and you, that's going to happen, they want to avoid any legal issues in the future. But really get to the bottom of, are you prepared to spend all your money doing up a shop that in two years' time, three years' time, they refuse to renew your lease? That's called statutory agreement. It's called a Section 2428 Clause Waiver. And you want to consider, is it worth the investment in all the overheads of your shop visit? If you spend 50, 60 grand kitting shop out and you make 30, 40 grand a year net profit well you, the reality is you're better off just working in a job for part-time for those three years because you're going to lose your premises and your place of work so that's really important to check out are they asking you to wave away your rights we've waved away our rights in some locations because it's worth it but worth bearing in mind next up break clauses we all go out there to set up a business with the best intentions but let's be realistic as well People think uh, people who run their own businesses are risk takers. Yeah, we take risks, but they're calculated risks. So if I take a new lease in an area that, I mean, I'm sure about every area I go for, but some are more sure about than others. I try to put a break clause in there after a year or two years. that gives me the opportunity, if it's not going my way, to pack up and go, rather than be stuck with a lease for five to 10 years that we're never gonna make money on and stressing us. So that's really important, break clauses. Try and get one in there. It's pretty fair. You're trying to see if it works for you. Right now, lots of people don't want shops. So landlords are going to start having to accept these to become more and more commonplace. Some landlords will offer you a license, like a year. You can test it out, six months. But what you've got to be careful of those is if it does work, someone else might come along and give them a bigger offer and they just kick you out. So try and pre-agree a lease based on a license if you can. That's the ideal scenario. Next up, it's rent renewal. Nothing worse, so um, let's give you a good example. Uh, Shoreditch area of London. There are people who had 10, 15, 20 year leases there, decade back. They're paying what that area was worth back then. Renewal time comes around the last couple of years and now you've got places like Alexander McQueen have got shops there. The rents have skyrocketed. And a lot of storekeepers there can't afford to renew their lease. So you need to make sure that that rent review is done in line with the either you know, consumer price index or whatever, but make sure you know what to expect when, when that time comes around and how frequently that's gonna come around. That's really important to look at as well. So when are rent reviews, how are they priced? Are they priced ambiguously or are they priced based on a fair metric that you can monitor and look at historically? Rather than just uh, break clauses, the other scenario as well is that you find another tenant for your shop and you just move out. That's that's more ideal. I mean, if you haven't got a break clause and you're another year to go, you could be paying another 20, 30 grand of rent out. So it'd be better to be able to find someone just to take your lease over. And this is where you've got to really look. What happens in that scenario? Can you do it? Will the landlord allow it? So you'll be looking for things like permission not to be unreasonably withheld. The best scenario is a sublease. A sublease is really easy because you can knock one up yourself. You can get someone in pretty easily uh, on a flexible basis and it covers your rent. So you, know, you might struggle to find someone to take over the entire lease, but if you can find someone to come in on a month-to-month -month rolling basis, that keeps a wall from the door and it saves you spending out money on a shop that's no longer worthwhile anymore for you. So you want to be looking to see whether or not you can get permission to sublet, not unreasonably withheld. And that means um, providing they've got references, they've got a deposit down, landlords are going to struggle to say no. They might try, but you can challenge that. 
Um, so those are the main things we look for. So if you're going to take care of a lease yourself, try and save yourself some legal costs. Uh, which again, I can't advise it because I'm not a lawyer, but we do a lot ourselves and we look at these things. And just to recap those things, can I get out by subletting it or passing the lease on? Can I get a break clause? Am I going to get penalised every time I stick a shelf up? Can I renew it? When rent reviews come around, how are they done? And what's the landlord's background? Is the landlord a pension fund? Is it a charity? Is he an independent person? If he's an independent person, what is his main business? If he's an independent person who's a lawyer, whose main business is to make money from legal claims and legal cases, and he won't budge on the indemnity clause, personally, and I might have to do a wizard ball, is say, I'm sorry, once bitten, twice shy. Hope you found that useful. That's the mob show. That's what we look at when we take over a lease. And that's a little story about my background and a mistake I've made in the past that I never want to make again. I don't want to spend money on legal fees if I don't have to. So that's the mob show. That's today's topic. Sayonara. Thanks for listening to today's show. Check us out online, themobshow.com. Check us on Twitter, the underscore mob show. Always chucking out bits of advice there. And follow our journey of setting up a CBD shop in the cannabis space, Instagram at local CBD shop. Or you can find ourselves on Instagram, the underscore mob show.